The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. to the two-man power trip of wrestling and the latest podcast i'm your host jp john pause with me of course here the former wcw world heavyweight champion or maybe hard to believe but also the former head writer of the wwf and wcw mr vince russo vince welcome back how you doing today sir all right what is going on my friend john man you've uh are the center of controversy lately before we get into uh some some of the show stuff the consulting for the usa network i know the last time we talked you were kind of not going around it, but you basically said you were consulting for somebody. You didn't say who, but then it came out, I guess, for whatever reason, it came out it was USA. Were you the one that, that, that kind of put that out there that you're working for USA or somebody else mentioned that? No, no, I, I, yeah, no, no, nobody else knew, bro. The only people that knew were me, Ben, and Stevie because they were helping me with it. So I, I was the one who put that out there. So what's like, what was the capacity? You were just consulting for someone at USA, or are you allowed to say who? Yeah, hold on. Uh, hold on, John, because what I want to do, bro, is I am. Um, listen, man, I, I don't want this. I don't want this going out anywhere. But as we speak, bro, I am going to send you something and I don't want you to do anything with this, John. OK, All right. this between you and me. OK, um, I am going to be forwarding you something right now that I want you to look at while we do this show. Um, and this will be confirmation because apparently I'm, I'm making all this up for what, whatever reason um, I, I have no idea, but I am going to, uh, I'm going to send this to you right now, bro. I got to um, hold on. I want to get your, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think you want to give your email address out. So let me, let me just pull up your email address. And you can look at this while we are live on the air. Okay. Uh, and, and I've not sent this to anybody, bro, but I'm sending it to you because hopefully you will look at this while we discuss this and you will see this is this is confirmation. Um, this is this is how I got paid uh by NBC Universal. Hold on, John. Okay, I just sent it to you, John, but please, 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 I don't want you to share this with anybody because, you know, there's an individual's name, there's her phone numbers and, and all that stuff. I don't want that going out to anybody, but I am sending this to you because I trust you and you can look at it. And by reading this email, you can clearly confirm that there was a deal in place with myself and USA Network. Gotcha. Nothing came through as of yet, but I'm just uh, just waiting for that. But um, 
while I'm waiting for that to come in. Um, so how did it come about though? Like, did, did no, they no, contact- I'll tell you how it came about? You know, the, the crack, the crack wrestling media. Okay. I'll tell you exactly how it came about, John. John, when WCW closed shop all the way back in 2000, whenever it was, okay, USA Network hired Ed Ferrara as a consultant to watch Raw and write reports on Raw every single week, pitch ideas, and he was working with Bonnie Hammer and the USA Network. Vince McMahon, the WWE, never knew about this. Okay? I knew about this because I'm Ed's buddy, and Ed told me. Um, so fast forward, bro, to 2020, and the show is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I can't even watch the show. So... I, 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 I come up with the idea of, you know what? The USA Network needs a consultant again. They need somebody to smarten them up, let them know what is wrong with this show, why nobody's watching this show, pitch them ideas. And, and I basically said, I am going to contact uh, USA Network. So I got in I got in charge with the president of the USA network that directly oversaw and I say saw because he's no longer there so anybody can do the research and figure out who he is who oversaw the WWE product. Um he got back in touch with me immediately uh you know knew who I was knew my contributions knew the history was involved when Ed was consulting for them so immediately was interested in me, um, you know, having my hand in at least reviewing Raw, smartening them up, you know, loading them with Bear when they had to have conversations with Vince and Bruce and Kevin Dunn. So it looked like they knew what they were talking about. But what he said to me was, but Vince, here's what I want to do first. I'm going to call Vince McMahon. And I'm going to tell Vince McMahon, you and I spoke. And I am going to um, recommend very highly to Vince McMahon that he have a conversation with you. Because what, what USA really wanted was they wanted me to be working directly with the WWE and Vince. So I said, okay, you know, no problem. I said, I don't, I don't think uh, he's going to be happy about this. But no problem, bro. Do whatever you do. So sure enough, this individual who no longer works at uh, USA Network, but, you know, is is still heavily involved in television with a different company. Um, he contacted Vince and he said to Vince, Vince, I had a conversation with Vince Russo. I highly recommend you have you you speak with him, bro. Obviously, totally caught Vince off guard. I mean, Vince Russo talking to the freaking USA Network, you know? So yep. Vince gave him the old, okay, let me think about it. Of course, Vince never had any intention of calling me. So at that point, the president of the USA Network calls me back and says, Vince, if Vince McMahon isn't going to use you, we will use you. And did you get the email? 
Nothing yet. No. Oh man, why did why didn't you get that email, John? Hold on, let me let Make me sure just... send to the right person. Damn. No, yeah, hold please. on, let me just um, I'm looking at sent. John, John, pause. Are you still at the AOL gimmick? No, Gmail. Ah, that's where it is. Okay, hold on, John. Hold on. Let me um. Let me let me see because I okay. Hold on. That that's the problem, John. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me let me copy and paste this. Yeah, because it'll be so much better. Um. If you can. If you can look at this. Okay. Hold on, John. Send it to AOL. So let me send this to you now. So Vince McMahon never got a hold of you outside of those emails back and forth. To- no, that that was way after. That, oh, that was, oh, okay. No, no, John. That that was way after. This is bro. When 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 you get the email that I just sent you, you'll see it's dated. Uh, I think it's January twentieth, two thousand and twenty. So so th- this this is before that time. So this is probably early on in in January that he never called me. That's when USA said, Vince, if uh, Vince ain't going to use you, we're going to use you. And that's where we set up the consulting deal, which is which I just sent you, which obviously you could see, you know, in order to get me into their system, they needed certain information from me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Did you receive it? Still not. Nope. I don't know. Maybe it's on my end, but I still didn't get it. Okay. I go it'll um it'll 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 come through. I, I forwarded you the old one that I sent to um I sent to the USA network. It's your name at Gmail, right, bro? Yep. I don't know why you're not getting it. Hold on, Joe. Let me try sending it again. Hold on. I gotta I gotta pull it up again. <laughs> Because I do want you to see this while we talk. Yeah, so, yeah. Because I mean, you you can by by looking at this, bro. You will be able to, uh, you will be able to confirm this because you know, of course, you know, Cornette and yeah, v- v- Vince is making this up, like for for whatever reason. Like I have no idea. It's so freaking stupid, bro. That people actually want to convince themselves. Uh, that I am, I'm, I'm making all of this up. It's, it's, it's a freaking joke, bro. But devil's advocate. What if they're saying you're making this up? You're trying to stay relevant. Like, what do you, like, what do you say to that? John, I'm sending you the email right here. So I'm the, the, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying about it. I'm sending right. you the email right here. So John, let me ask you a question. Can I, can I honestly ask you a question? Yeah. John, how much, how much do I hate doing this show? You do not uh, enjoy talking about old wrestling for some reason. Yeah. You, you how, don't like no, going back. Not not only not only old wrestling. How much how much do I I absolutely hate wrestling? How how yeah. much how much do I not want to be doing wrestling? How how much do I already have a plan in place, bro? Where you know come. My 65th birthday, at the latest, hopefully earlier, I am not going to be talking about anything wrestling related anymore. With all that hate and disdain I have towards the wrestling business, why in God's name, bro, is it so important to me 
to stay relevant in wrestling. Do do you know how freaking ridiculous? I hate wrestling. I make it clear that I hate wrestling. I, I hate dealing with people in wrestling. I hate the industry. I have no interest in ever wor- working in wrestling again. I say that 10 times a week. So why in God's name would I want to stay relevant in wrestling? No, bro, this, 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 was, this, this was basically the show sucked. USA needed somebody in their corner. The opportunity to work with a network, I welcome. I welcome that with open arms. I love TV. I worked with USA in the past. I worked with Spike in the past. I worked with Turner in the past. Uh, Wide open to working with a network. Working with a network is not working with a wrestling company. It's completely different. So that's that's why I contacted them and went down that road. All right, so I clearly I see here it says new hire details. I did get the email now. Okay, don't men- don't mention any names or no, no, no. I, I don't and I won't. These, I don't want these lunatics calling this person. Right, right. But I see NBC. Obviously, there's another company as well. I'm not going to mention who they are because that's like the HR side of it. And I see yeah. she's from NBC. I mean, yes. I see it, but it says new hire details and it goes over everything and everything you need to do and put into the system to get paid. So what, 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 what's the first thing that it says before it, you know, it gets in, they need all this information from me to put in this. What, what, what does it say, John? What's the first thing it says? So this is from January 22nd, 2020 at three o'clock. It says, this is regarding your upcoming assignment with NBC universal. Okay. So you, John, does that look like that's something I could have made up? Not a chance. No, especially with. Yeah, I could have written that myself through, I don't know, one of these software programs I don't even know how to use to forward to you so I can make you believe it's legit. Right. And all this other stuff that she put on there, I mean, there's no way that's all corporate uh, new hire stuff and. Interesting. So you technically were working for NBC Universal, technically speaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Te- NBC Universal is the mother company of the USA Network. And like, okay, so said, they don't oh, spread it off to USA. You're, you're no, no. That's it. That, that's how I was getting paid. I was getting paid under the NBC Universal umbrella. That's the third party, like you said. You know, whether it's it's called Human Resources, whatever it is. Right. But yep. that's who handles. You know, putting you in the system. The the check came from them. Every week, bro, I got paid. I got paid like clockwork every Friday, bro. That that money would appear uh, in my account for two years. But you know, I've I've not sent that to anybody, John. I sent it to you because I trust you. But clearly, you can see this is documentation that there is an assignment with NBC Universal dated January what twenty second or the twentieth. 22nd 2020 yeah and it's funny i i got it twice so you did send it before and it for some reason didn't go through but yeah Yeah. i got it twice so that is interesting though because some people out there were saying that maybe you're making up stay relevant obviously you know this this would kind of prove that that to be wrong but you were consulting for them but you hate wrestling what's why though like like why why they need to do that if you hate the business john john can i be honest with you yeah and and again this is another lie John, they were paying me six figures to do this. Oh my God. So, John, okay. you you got listen, John. I'm I'm watching a three-hour show on Monday night, and then I'm writing a report Tuesday morning. 
And then they they call me whenever they want to talk to me. Six figures, John. And li- like I said, John, I have no... Again, you just said something very important. You hate wrestling. I'm working with the network. I'm not working with the WWE. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm working with a television network. So we're talking television. I am telling them about, you know, the, the the formatting of the show is all wrong. The way they go in and out of commercials, there's no cliffhangers. You know, we're really talking about television. And I I would do this again tomorrow. As much as I t- say to you, I can't stand wrestling. I don't want to be employed by a wrestling company. Bro, if Turner contacted me tomorrow with this same deal, I would absolutely, without a doubt, do it in a heartbeat. I'm working with a network, bro. We're talking about television. We're talking about ratings. You know, we're talking about, you know, what what draws people. That You know, that's why they were interested in working with me. Vince, how in God's name did the Attitude Era draw this um, amount of people? So, bro, like I said, I, I would work with any network because it's it's a totally different animal, bro. There's... There's no politics involved. I don't have to go through a hundred layers. I am talking to one person. And in this case, it was the president of the USA Network that has moved on, uh, still working in television, and anybody can do the research and find out who it is. I'm not going to mention his name, bro, because I don't need these, these marks you know, calling and hounding this guy. You've got the documentation right in front of you. It is yep. crystal clear. So that is pretty interesting that you're consulting for them. What kind of reports, though? Like you literally have to say, I know you're saying cliffhanger, do this, that. So you literally have to watch the show and go over the entire show? Not, 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 not really, bro. Not really. You know, kind of, you know, that's not what they really wanted. Because at that point, John... The show is already done. So it's like it's it's being, you know, like a Tuesday morning quarterback. They wanted me to like really, really point out like, okay, Vince, you know, and keep in mind, bro, I did this first thing Tuesday morning before numbers or anything came out. First thing Tuesday morning, just generally, what was your assessment of the show? And then basically what would you have done differently? Then they would have me, uh, you know, pitch what to do with certain characters, what to do with certain, you know, storylines, send in new storylines. So it was really, bro, like they weren't so interested in the critique of the show because the show's already in the can. This was more of a think tank of, what would you have done going forward? What would you do with so-and-so? What what storylines would you create? It, w- it was that kind of a thing, bro. It was more of a, of a think tank. So what did they do with that information? Well, see, bro, that's the funny part, John, because here's what happened. And, and again, John, if I'm making this stuff up to you, what, what a wild imagination I have, okay? Right. This guy... Uh, that originally signed me up, bro. He'd been dealing with the the WWE uh, for years. New Van, you know, hundreds of meetings with Vince, Bruce, Kevin. So he would take my material, and he would suggest some of the stuff to them without them having any knowledge it was coming from Vince Russo. And uh, 
you know, so he was really pitching, bro. Not that they were doing any of it because they won't. Their attitude is, what the hell does the USA Network know about wrestling? You know, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, we, we'll listen to you. We're open for suggestion. At the end of the day, bro, they ain't going to use any of the of the USA Network shit. They're, they're not going to. So, but John, here's what happened. The guy left. So they really didn't replace him. They They kind of put somebody in his position that was like still the middleman between USA and and um and 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 the WWE and Raw but he was not a, a president of the company or a vice president of the company his his role was nowhere as prominent as the first guy so the first guy recommended to the new guy i i uh suggest strongly you continue to use Vince so he did. We went about business with a new guy. The problem was, bro, this guy was dealing with the WWE, the Vince, the, the Vince McMahons, the Bruce Pritchards, the Kevin Dunns for the first time. There was no history like he had no idea what it was going to be like. And quite frankly, John, this dude was so intimidated by Vince and Bruce and the company and Kevin that I I sincerely doubt he was sharing any of our stuff with the USA Network. This guy was scared to death of Vince McMahon. So at that point, John, I'll be honest with you, when when, when I kind of saw it was a different relationship from the first person because with the first person – he was really getting in there. Why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys try that? Why don't you guys do this? And questioning a lot of things. Why did you guys do that? What? Where is this, this, this new guy? I don't even think he was. He definitely wasn't having weekly conversations with them. I, you know, but none of our stuff was being presented anymore. So, John, it really got to the point of, Bro, this is a waste of time. Like you, you, you guys are paying me a hell of a lot of money, but if you're not going to do anything with this material, like what? What's the point? Like you know, right. you know, me, Ben, and Stevie, we're sitting there every every two. Bro, these pages, I th- these um these reports, John, I would say, were were an average of maybe seven to ten pages like every single week. So I was like, bro, if you, if you guys are not going to use this and 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 you're you're going to be even afraid to suggest anything, then then what's the point of doing this? And that that's why, bro, basically um about 2 years later right before WrestleMania 22, that that that's when we we stopped the consulting deal. They stopped it or you stopped it? We 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 kind of both did, bro, because we 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 kind of both realized it was useless. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, bro. So I I would say they I'll be honest, John, they didn't want to renew it because they weren't utilizing the information. And John, I really didn't want to do it anymore. So I I was like, I was totally cool and totally fine with it. 
everything was cool. You know, I mean, I was a consultant. So I was paid for a year. Then I was paid for another year. Then we decided going forward, <clears throat> not, he wasn't going to use the consultant services anymore. And I said, okay, fine, you know, no problem. And, and as a matter of fact, bro, you know, like we still kind of kept in touch and contact here and there. I just wasn't sending in a report every week. So basically, WB doesn't know. Like they, I don't think they knew about Ed Ferrari either, right? When no, he was consulting. No, so no, no. So when a, a guy uh, Andrew Zaharian, who, who by the way is a really nice guy, I don't know him personally, but I've I've seen some of the stuff he covers. He doesn't do a lot of that dirty stuff. He does like, you know, WB is going to be WrestleMania, which he's usually pretty damn accurate. WrestleMania thirty nine is in LA. WrestleMania forty is in Philly. Like he gets good information. He's not like a dirt guy like hey you know uh kenny omega got bit by a dog he doesn't do that kind of stuff so when he said he contacted his contacts usa nobody heard of it that would make sense because bro i was maybe deal- i was dealing with the president of the company i bro i don't even know i have no idea on their side i have no idea who knew outside of him he, so he, the he, writing staff wouldn't know like w as far as con- like his sources in the writing staff they wouldn't know either what do you mean? WWE's writers. Oh, like, no, no. But I'm talking about USA. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm dealing directly with the president, bro, of the network. I have no idea who he's sharing this information with, if anybody. But you got to understand, John, this guy was the president. So if he was sharing this information with people, it was people at that level. I don't know who this guy's talking to at the USA Network, but it was the president of the USA Network that that we were dealing directly with. And my problem with this dude was, and I didn't even realize this, bro. Bro, we both follow each other on freaking Twitter. DM me and ask me. DM me. But why, why would you go to people you know at USA Network but not go to the person who's making the claim. That, that That's what freaking pissed me off. We follow each other, bro. All you had to do was freaking DM me. I don't know who this guy knows at USA Network. I was dealing with the top guy, bro, who the funny thing is, John, He's gone on. He's still working in television. And the, the production company that he's working with still does business with the WWE. So that's why I really don't want to say who it is, because they still are working on other projects with the uh, with the WWE. So that's why, like, I'm not going to drop names. I'm not really going to talk about, like, specifics of what we pitched and stuff like that because you know it's it's the it's like the lawyer client privilege they were paying me for that information they own that information so i really i can't talk about the specifics but here's what i can talk about you know because people who just brush off ratings and they don't mean anything anymore bro he was not happy with, with the money they were paying the WWE and the numbers they were doing, they were not happy. That's why he brought me on to consult. They were number one on the channel, though. So, I mean, he can't be happy with the entire channel then. No, I, I guess what he was looking at, bro, was past history. You know, what, 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 they, what they used to do and what USA used to pay them, 
and what they're doing now and what USA is paying them. I guess that's what they were really, really considerably more. Absolutely more. And they're getting less bang for their buck. So why now did you come out and say this? You know what I mean? Like, why did this come Because Vince retired. Vince is gone. So what what difference does it make if Vince finds out? The, the, The guy who was the president is gone. Vince McMahon was gone. So there's not going to be heat on anybody. <laughs> you know, Vince, who's Vince going to get mad at? The guy I made the deal with is no longer with the company. Vince McMahon no longer has anything to do with the company. And, John, that's what led to me contacting Vince McMahon. When we started dealing with this second person, and it was a total waste of everybody's time, that's when I said, my God, bro, I got to sit here. And I got to watch this show for three hours every single week. I can't stand it. You know what, bro? I'm going to reach out to Vince directly. And that's when I reached out to Vince directly. That was, I think that was, bro, in October of 2001. And I let USA Network know that, too. I let them know. I said, bro, I'm going to reach out to Vince directly. Like, this isn't working I'm going to reach out to him directly and see if he's interested in talking. And it really was, John, honestly, just, and this is hard for people to believe. I hated sitting there for three hours and watching this show. John, now that I'm not consulting anymore, this is the God honest truth. Bro, Raw in Colorado is on from six to nine. Okay, that's when it's on, six to nine. Now that I'm not consulting for USA anymore, at 8.15, so, bro, we are two hours and 15 minutes into the show. At 8.15, I go on Twitch Live, and I do a watch-along. And I'm fast-forwarding through the whole thing. So by the time the show is done at at 9 o'clock, I've watched all three hours. So it's a lot more easier for me because now, like I said, I'm sitting here for 45 minutes. When I was working with USA, bro, I was watching every minute of the show because, like I said, they were paying me really, really well. I I wasn't going to watch this thing in fast-forward mode. I really wanted to give them specific details. So that's, that's what made it so much easier for me. Once I was done consulting with them, Bro, I, I literally watch the show now in 45 minutes. Again, devil's advocate. There are people are going to say, you want to work for Fox. You want to work for USA. You want to work for WB. You're like dying to get back in. That's what they'll say. I, bro, I don't. Who said I'm dying to work for WWE? When I, when I contacted Vince, I offered my consulting services. I offered the same services that I offered the, uh, the USA Network. And I, I, I clearly said... Shoot, John, I should send you that email too. I clearly said to Vince, I am not looking for a full-time job. I have a full-time job. I'm not not going on the road. I'm not going to TV. I'm not moving to Connecticut. I simply offered him my consulting services. Bro, I would offer my consulting services to Tony Khan right now. The difference is, John, when I'm consulting, I'm working for myself. I'm not working for them, bro. They're they're hiring my service as a consultant. 
they're not my boss. So you're paying me to consult. We come to an agreement. I am going to I am going to fulfill that agreement. I'm going to give you what, you know, what we agree to. You're not my boss. You're not going to yell at me on the phone. You're not going to demand I come here or I go there. I work for myself. That's why I've made it clear, bro. I I will consult for any television network. I will consult for any wrestling company. As a consultant, I'm working for me and not them. And I've made that clear one million times. Bro, anybody anybody can contact EC3 tomorrow. And I have a close relationship with EC3. He does a show on uh you know he he does a show on on channelattitude.com and he's running control your your narrative. You can ask EC3. I tell EC3. I emailed Billy Corgan the other day and I said, "Guys, if I can ever help you with anything, you want to pick my brain, you want to bounce something off, I am here for you." But I told those two guys, "Bro, that's out of friendship." Like I'm friends with those guys. I'm friends with Billy. I'm friends with EC3. So basically what I'm saying is Guys, I will I will consult for free. You know, like if you ever need anything from me, you want to run an idea past me, maybe there's a character we don't know what to do with, please feel free to call me. But uh, yeah, bro, there is a huge amount of difference between consulting where I'm in charge and working in that industry. I will never... I don't know how many times I have to say it. I will never work in that industry again. Bro, I would consult for Triple H. Absolutely no doubt about it. I, I would offer the same services to Triple H that I offered to the USA Network. Absolutely no doubt about it. All right, let's change gears. Let's change topics. Let's talk about... Final Four, 1997, technically in your house, number 13, February 16th, 1997, Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the UTC Arena, the attendance, 6,399. The pay-per-view buys 120 k Now, Bret Hart just, we thought, won the Royal Rumble, but obviously Austin cheated, and Austin wins a Royal Rumble. Now, I guess we talked about it a little bit last time we talked about Royal Rumble 97. Why didn't Bret just win? Is that too predictable? And I know you weren't technically the head writer, right? But you threw an idea saying maybe that was too predictable for Bret Hart to win the Royal Rumble. Was the um oh okay all right so so the Royal Rumble was before this. Yes. Yes, bro. That that was very that that was the infamous where I was not in the inner circle. So right. I did not know what was happening. And that was basically live uh live live wire. Uh, when I was playing the role of Vic Venom, and they 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 said a uh, uh, Royal Rumble predictions live on the air, and they came to Vic Venom, and I said, "Well, everybody knows Bret Hart's going to win." <laughs> you know, I mean, it's crystal yeah. clear. Vince was irate after that show, and he goes, "Vince, how can you give that? How could you put that out there?" And I looked at him and I said, "Vince, I don't know who's going to win the Royal Rumble." Nobody told me who's going to win the Royal Rumble, but it's as predictable as as the sun coming up in the morning. And that's when they changed the finish to the Royal Rumble because 
That's what I had said to Vince. Nobody told me what the finish was. It was so freaking predictable. It wasn't even funny. And that's when he changed the finish of the Royal Rumble. Interesting. Okay. That's what I kind of thought was the, yeah. was the idea it was too predictable. So they, yeah. so he was mad at you though. for saying Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because he thought, he thought like somebody told me and I was smartening everybody else up. And I said, nobody told me anything, Vince. I, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at this show like everybody else, and it's one thousand percent predictable that Bret Hart's winning the Royal Rumble. And even when they made that change, bro, no, nobody told me they were making that change. I, I I watched it like everybody else on TV. So what happens is obviously Michaels beats Sid in, in the main event. He's world champion. Austin technically won the Royal Rumble, even though he cheated. So I guess the, the thought is Brett versus Sean again, WrestleMania 13 main event. Is that what it was supposed to be leading to? See, again, bro, I can't say because I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't involved in the inner circle at that time. So I don't know what they were discussing at that level, bro. I really don't. Do you think there was any thought into putting Steve Austin in the main event of WrestleMania 13? Knowing how they think and especially how Vince thinks, I I would I would assume, bro, that Vince would think Austin wasn't ready. Because you gotta you gotta understand something with Vince, bro. He didn't know the backgrounds of these guys. He didn't know Austin was stunning Steve Austin at WCW. He didn't know that body of work. He didn't know, you know, Austin was just coming from ECW. He really didn't know the body of work. And not only did he not know the body of work, but regardless of where they ever came from, when they came to the WWE, it was a totally different world. So I would not be the least bit surprised if Vince McMahon didn't feel that at that time he wasn't ready for the spot. To me, that's just so funny that Vince is like so close because if you see Steve Austin for years, you can see like this guy's a great talker. This guy's a great worker. This guy's got, you know, he's got something. This guy's, you know, I loved him in WCW, but then he puts him with DiBiase when he first come in. He's like, Oh, this guy can't talk. It's like, I, I did you I not see? I told you that, bro. When, when, you know, every, every time there was a new talent coming to TV and I had to kind of work on the characters, that's what I did before I started writing the show. I started working on individual characters and their verbiage and their dialogue. So every time there would be a new character, I would have to go sit in Vince's office and we would go through the characters. And that's exactly what he said about Steve Austin. Steve Austin's the ringmaster. I don't want him ever saying a word. Uh, Ted DiBiase needs to be all talking. And I said, Vince, Austin can cut a promo. Have you not seen, you know? And he says, I don't care. I don't want him saying a word. Bro, he had no idea. I don't think, I don't think he ever saw stunning Steve Austin one time, bro. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good yeah. but i guess that's just not, not his his you know forte it's like jim ross has that great story about mick foley mankind and mm -hmm. he, ross is like this guy's great trust me cactus jack trust me i know and he's like vince says to him you're gonna be pretty upset when he ends up getting fired pretty soon like yeah. as if like he had no confidence in yeah. jr and no confidence in foley and then he saw him few with the undertaker and obviously the rest is history which, which is so weird bro because listen man i know 
I know Vince was tied up in the WWE like 24-7, bro. Ne never watched DCW. Never, never knew what was going on in the outside wrestling world. And it's like, bro, when I look at owners of teams and general managers of teams, part of their job is knowing the league and knowing the other teams and knowing all the players and knowing who to scout. I mean, like that is part of the job. I'm, I'm sure, you know, the Giants front office knows everything about Every every player on the Padres roster and the Dodgers, I'm they study this stuff. He, bro, he knew nothing about wrestling outside of his own company. Crazy, absolutely crazy. So, of course, as, as the inner circle has come out and said, the rumor or what they wanted to be the main event, not really rumor, the, what they wanted was Brett versus Sean again, rematch of last year's WrestleMania, except this time Brett was going over. So they were kind of going away from Michaels and almost seemed like going back to Brett. So, of course, Michaels infamously gets the quote-unquote knee injury, loses his smile. Uh, he says that he's going to have to retire because of the knee injury. But as we know, he did a flip off the rope. He's he's literally shaking the knee, like telling Brett and telling Vince, telling everybody, I'm not really hurt. I lied. You know, I, I just didn't want to drop the title. And bro, he did the same thing, man. I'll never forget it, man. He did the same thing in the WrestleMania match with Austin when he went in with the back injury, the back injury. And then, bro, uh, in, in the middle of that match, he did that kip up. And that's when I said, you got to be now i know all about adrenaline and everything else bro it's a wrestlemania it's a big event but bro if your back is effed you you ain't doing no kip up bro so he kind of did the same exact thing during that match and there's a match when he has his uh, Shawn Michaels wrestling school, his wrestling academy, which guys like Brian Danielson and Lance Cade and Paul London. I mean, it was a with Rudy Boy Gonzalez, a really good school. He had a match against Venom, who was really Paul Diamond. I mean, you could say he, maybe the injured back, he was more of a brawl. This is in the year 2000. He's going like, there, there's no injury. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, there's yeah. they're doing this crazy match, and it's just like, I don't know about that. Then all of a sudden, 2002, he comes back and he's fully healed and everything else. So it's like, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's why, bro. I always give him the benefit of the doubt because, I mean, you know, like I said, man, WrestleMania, there's got to be such an adrenaline rush. I, I, I've never experienced anything like that. So, like, I always give him the benefit of the doubt, but that that really stuck out to me. To me, though, he's so good that there's like a 50-50 chance. You know what I mean? He's such a good wrestler, but he's such a good seller. So it's like, is he injured? Is he not? You never know with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he loses his smile. What's the thought from Vince? Is Vince pissed like at this? Is he? Or oh, is he yeah, just... bro. No, no, no in the office, you know. Bro, you know, like, bro. I, I think there were a lot of times where like Vince was mad and Vince was upset, but bro, the guy that was always there getting him to that next level was Bruce. Like that's what Bruce did because bro, I'll never forget the curtain call at Madison square garden, bro. It didn't bother Vince. It didn't affect Vince, but but that I think that was a Saturday or a Sunday night, bro. Do you remember the, the day? Was it Sunday night? I don't remember the day. I know it was May 19th, 1996. I it might have been a Sunday. I'm not sure. 
Well, my point is, bro, that Monday, I met creatively with uh, Bruce Pritchett and Jim Cornette. Yeah, it was a, it was a Sunday. A I Sunday. Yeah. I met with them the next day. Cornette and Bruce wanted those guys fired. Fired. You know Cornette, bro. They just exposed the business. They just killed the business. Nobody's going to ever come to another wrestling event again. You you know all that bullshit. Those guys were irate. And, and it was always those guys, bro, that kind of always worked Vince up. So, I, I'm, bro, Vince's whole, because he, he told me this, bro, because he told me his father taught him this. If Vince feels that Sean's getting one over on him, okay? Vince said to me, he goes, Vince, my father told me this a long time ago. When somebody screws you over and you're going to terminate them or get rid of them, you're going to do it on your time. You're good. So in other words, what he's saying is, okay, bro, you got me. I'm going to let you get over on me thinking you won because you're still making me money, but at the appropriate time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget. And you're going to be gone on my terms, not yours. That's how Vince would always handle it. Vince knows Sean's not going to get over on him, but if it was a situation where Sean was still making money, Sean was still on top, he needed Sean to get somebody else over, um, he would continue to go with them, making Sean think he got over on him, and then at the appropriate time, on his time, Vince would drop the hammer. But it was always, bro, those, those wrestling guys in the bubble that have been there forever. It was always them that used to work up Vince. I, this is like complete sidebar, but May 1996, that MSG show drew almost 19,000 was a sellout. And it's funny, the click takes credit for that and and saying that, the, the, you know, the curtain call was it was at that time to us fans it meant nothing because we had no idea what was going on. Obviously, months later, I mean, we'd find out and it'd become bigger. But I even remember the advertising because we used to get the newspapers. The whole thing was Ultimate Warriors returned to MSG. Michaels was not advertised at all. Wow. So. So yeah. Warrior versus Owen Hart was, I know it's like the, the intermission main event, but that was the match everybody wanted to see because Warriors yeah. returned. But all of a sudden the click made it about them and, oh, it's so yeah. important. Nobody cared about them at that point. It was yeah. Warriors return to MSG. So I just throw that in there because fans always seem to forget that. But I remember vividly, like he was the only focus of the promotion for, for the show. Yeah, so you can't give anybody else credit but him. That's interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So let's go to final four. The main event will be Bret Hart versus Steve Austin versus Vader versus Undertaker now in an elimination match for the vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship. You can throw a guy like the Royal Rumble over the top rope and out, so you don't necessarily have to have pinfalls. But the, the funny thing is here, and I know we talked about this last time, technically speaking, if you want to talk about the final four, fake Diesel <laughs> would be in it. But obviously he wasn't a part of the plan because Bret had a dump diesel over after austin dumped over undertaker and vader when they weren't paying attention yeah. then dump over austin i mean then dump over brett and then win so yeah. it, it makes sense but obviously fake Diesel's not going to be a part of yeah, it that, that was such a that was such a horrible idea i i really think bro that was that was there that was rock bottom like that was so 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 awful. 
So he didn't like the fake deeds on fake. Oh bread. my god, no, because somebody convinced Vince, and I, I, I really think it was Bruce. Somebody convinced Vince we, we, we own the characters. You know, we own Diesel, we own Razor Ramon. Any anybody can play them. So you know, somebody convinced Vince of that. And oh my God, that was awful, bro. Awful. I guess they didn't learn from the huckster and the nacho man that that faking uh, guys I, and pretending I, you're somebody I else doesn't work. Stuff. I hated that stuff, bro. That was that 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 was such a cry for desperation, man. It's almost like the fans see it like, okay, that's horrible. It's not even funny. Oh, Hulk and Macho still wrestle? Oh, let me turn on WCW, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yep, yep. So the dark match was the Godwins, Henry and Phineas Godwin, defeating the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher in about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. Obviously, just the dark match means nothing. But the first match, I don't know, to me, this is why WCW was kind of killing them at this point, just just you know, as a fan thinking. So the first match is Mark Merrill with Sable defeating Leaf Cassidy in about nine minutes thirty seconds. I don't know. It's like Merrow at that point with Sable. He's like the you know, kind of doing the wild man thing, but like Leaf Cassidy. I don't know, just there's no they got the NWO, you know, they got yeah, the cruiserweights. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, and again, I I I was not in creative with the wild man Mark Merrow because quite frankly, bro, I didn't know what that meant later on when Mero became like did, did the golden gloves gimmick and he was pulling his shorts up and being yeah. the boxer that I was involved in but even when I was told about the wild man like I I, I what what is what does that mean like that was that was just never ever over to me, I, I could see Vince sitting him down and going you look like Tarzan you're like the wild man you know like like saying absolutely. weird stuff absolutely bro I agree yep and bringing Sable along, obviously somebody saw her with Marilyn, like this girl's gorgeous. Like, yeah, she, he, he, brought, he brought her, he brought her to, you know, the first time he went to Titan to sign his contract and Vince saw her and immediately like the light bulb went off in his head. Not a trained wrestler, right? She was not trained. Oh, no, no, not, not at all. Not at all. No. So the next match is the Nation of Domination, Crush, Farouk, and Salvio Vega with J.C. Ice, Wolfie D, D'Lo Brown, and Clarence Mason, the whole crew, defeating Bart Gunn, Flash Funk, and Goldust with Marlena, six-man tag. Match goes about seven minutes. I see. I, I'm, 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 I'm definitely not writing this shit, bro. Like, I, I am not writing this stuff, bro. I love PG-13, yeah. but crush Farouk and Salvio together in nation is just like how does that even make sense it's almost like we have nothing going on with any of these guys let's just put them together and make that's them into it. a group that's that's exactly what it was that's it so you have a nation of domination they're doing the you know the, the fist with a white guy I know a Spanish guy and a black guy like yeah, well and 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 Vince Russo had nothing to do with the attitude here like like this was all the stuff they were doing prior to the attitude era but it was all vince mcmahon so vince mcmahon was doing all this horrible shit and then all of a sudden he created the attitude era come on bro this this stuff was horrible man to me like the talent is there like you know what i mean like ron simmons is great crush is great i mean you got to but like the gimmicks which is obviously where you come into play but like the gimmicks are just like that's the nation domination i always thought that was awful yeah awful i agree with you bro agree Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Maivia was awful. Speaking of Rocky Maivia, he defeats Hunter Hearst Hemsley in the next match to defend his Intercontinental Championship. Match goes 12 minutes, 30 seconds. Again, 
die, die, Rocky, die. I mean, like, they're really force feeding him and pushing him. He's got the weird blue tights. He's got the weird hair. He's doing the, you know, the the weird like. Bro, they do they do that same shit today. So many people are miscasted, you know, trying to make Becky Lynch a heel, you know, trying to make Bailey a heel. I, 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 bro, you, you gotta go with it. You, you, you just gotta organically go with it. Becky Lynch is a baby face. Bailey with the hair and the blow up gimmick. Bailey is a baby face. I, I, they miscast so many people, bro. And quite frankly, I don't know. I don't know how it happens. I have no idea. Even Triple H was in NXT. He had Johnny Gargano be a heel. So miscast. He is the typical baby face fighting from underneath. Right. You know, like that. And he's a he's pretty good, like acting and facials. I mean, he's, he's good with that stuff. So total baby face. I don't know why that they try to do that. It's like almost like, oh, Ricky Steamboat. Let's turn you into like this yeah. vicious heel. Doesn't make yeah. sense. He's the baby I, face. I have no idea. They They do that to this day, bro, to this day. It's weird. It's almost like let's waste some time with this guy and not make money off of him. Like Bailey, for instance, she. I know they they think it's funny the ding dong hello or whatever heck stuff. She is such a baby face. She should be a baby Bro, face. What, what, what about trying to make do drop a baby face when she out of the gate a heel? You know, a, a, a woman that size that can work the way she does because Vince saw her dancing in the back. Are you going to go out there now and dance? This is the, the creator of the Attitude Era, bro. Give me a freaking break, man. It's like, it's not that hard, bro. It's it's really, really not that hard. Man, then at this point, 97, they were trying to force feed Rocky. It's just like, man, it's not working. You know, it's just, it's just not working, but they just keep trying anyways. They, they did it for Roman with Roman Reigns forever. Guy's a heel yep. and an awesome heel. Yep, I agree, bro. I agree. So the next match, actually a really good match, but it's Doug Furness and Philip LaFon defeating Owen and British Bulldog by disqualification. So Owen and Bulldog retain their tag team championship. The match goes 10 minutes, 30 seconds. I'm, you know, I'm a mark for these guys. I love Philip, um, uh, Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. I thought they were great, and I'd love Owen and the Bulldog. So to me, the match is great. There's just, I don't know, there's nothing to it. Like Clarence Mason is the manager of Owen and Bulldog. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's like... I'm with you, bro. And, and again, I, I think they're booking this match because Furnace and Lafon were from Canada. I'm sure these guys worked together Very familiar. a million yeah. times. That's that's why they're booking this match. This is going to be a good match that could eat up some time. But yeah, bro. You know, again, it's like, yeah. Why? Why is Clarence Mason in there with those guys? I I I don't know, bro. Some of that's like ideas. It's just it's just wacky. So when you're there at this point, you're just writing. You're basically a producer, right? And, and writing some. So of the basically, stuff. how it started with me was I'll tell you basically how it started. The very first thing I did, and I was kind of under Blackjack Lanza because Blackjack Lanza was producing all the stuff in the back. But at that time, it was very straightforward. So the first thing they had me do, bro, was. I wrote all the house show promos and I sat there with the talent and produced all the house show promos. So like, you know, Owen would go there and, and he would cut like 12 straight promos and I had to write all of them differently. This is Owen Hart. I'm going to be in Madison square garden. I'm coming for you, blah, blah, blah. So I would have to write 
12 different promos for Owen and produced them. Then 12 different uh, promos for Bulldog. Then Brett. Literally hundreds of promos I would have to write before TV. So I did all that first. Then my next step was certain characters. Zero win on Goldust. Vince, this is my vision of Goldust. I want you to write for him. So that was the next step, bro. Writing for certain characters, creating the dialogue. Then the next step was taking those characters now and being a little bit more involved in the story. That was like the next step. So Vince Vince was really, really, really weaning me along, bro. And that's what a lot of people, they, they don't understand. They think one day... I became, you know, head writer of Raw. No, bro. I had a, I had to go through this process where I was building up to it. Interesting that, you know what I mean? Like they, they know that they're not doing great. You know what I mean? So like you're slowly but surely climbing the ladder there. Yeah. But it's the politics, bro. It's the politics that, that, that's why they're going to keep their thumb on Vince Russo. You know, the Pritchards and the Cornets, they're going to keep their thumb on Vince Russo. That's why when I tell you, bro, you know, consulting and working for a wrestling company are two different things. I could, I could never in my life, bro. And I don't care what you pay me. I swear to you, bro, if I got paid a million dollars to go work full-time for AEW or full-time for the WWE, I would not take the job because I know at 61 years old, I, I, I cannot deal with that environment and the politics and the travel and everything that goes with it. I've said this before, bro. If I ever did that, I swear to you, bro, they'd find me dead in a hotel room. I'm, there's no question in my mind that at my age, I could never take the stress and the bullshit uh, that's involved in working in the rest of it. You just saw what happened with AEW this weekend. Yeah. You, you think at my age, I want to work in a environment like that? It's, it's no, bro. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how Bruce is doing it. Bruce, Bruce has had heart attacks. Yeah. Bruce two heart has, attacks. I, I, I have no idea, bro, how he's doing it, man. I, I have no, I know he loves Vince. I know he loves wrestling. I know he loves the WWE, but I, I don't know how he's doing it, man. So the main event, Bret Hart defeats Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader with Paul Bearer, and The Undertaker in a Four Corners elimination match for the vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship in about 24 minutes. Austin gets eliminated first, then Vader, then Undertaker via clothesline over the top rope. And Bret Hart, with a little bit of help from Austin there, but that's how Bret Hart wins his fourth WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Interesting, though, the over-the-top rope. It almost seems like that was to kind of yeah. I don't make the guys look good so they don't take the loss before WrestleMania, like that kind of thing. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think, I think coming off the heels of what was going on with Sean, I think they really wanted the most dependable guy. And that without a question, uh, without a shadow of a doubt was Bret Hart at the time. No doubt about it. 
and probably the top guy that you know you're not going to lose much if he wins. Let's say Sean right. Michael. Not that you guys were doing that great anyway, but you know you're not going to lose that much. He's obviously over as well. Yeah, I, I think in Vince Vince's mind, Taker wasn't ready. They they weren't going to put it. No, nobody took Vader seriously in that company, and Undertaker didn't need it. So as far as that, we go to WrestleMania, just looking ahead, Austin versus Brett, because Brett will lose the title in between to, to Sid, thanks to Austin's cheating, and it's Undertaker versus Sid for the title, and Vader's not even in the title picture. Him and Mankind end up in, in a tag match with Bulldog and, and Owen. So it's almost like Vader got a little bit close to the sun, you know, got a little close to the title, and then they pushed him right back down. Somehow Undertaker and Sid are, are right back in, in the title hunt and Brett versus Austin, which ended up being one of the greatest matches in the history of WrestleMania. So it's almost like, I don't know, it was weird. It's like Michaels loses his smile and then a bunch of title change happens and it's like everything changes. Everything got flipped. Yeah, bro. See, that that's the thing, man. You know, I talk about this all the time, John, and you can see it today, man. That, that That's the difference between bookers and writers. Okay, with, with, with a booker, the match comes first. Like, what's a good matchup? You know, what what wrestling match are the fans going to want to see? That That's how Tony Khan books. And that's how Hunter books a lot. With the writer, it's the reverse. It's the story first. What two characters, when you put them together, will have a competitive, telling story that will you know progress into the match that's the difference between booking and writing bro and at this point they're booking you know put taker with sid put this one with that one put that one with this one when when you write the show it's something completely different so brett obviously We'll 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 go on and fight Austin, like I said, and Sid versus Undertaker, and and Michaels will be there, and he'll do the flip off the rope, and he'll do some commentary. So I mean, it was almost like he's really poking the bear, like that's mm-hmm. like you know the real start of the Brett Michaels stuff. But I mean, he really is poking the bear there, for, and this this was the start of it because it's like you couldn't lose the title really, but you're flipping off the top rope and you're you're showing absolutely. us absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, bro, Sean could get on the people's skin. There's <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I just wonder if he just regrets because, you know, the WrestleMania could be, I know they weren't doing great at this point, but the WrestleMania pay, <laughs> you know, oh, you know yeah. all, so, all the stuff goes into it. Yeah, Got to regret you, it. You know, you know what, bro? I, I don't think Sean regrets it for the money because I think he made plenty of money and is still making plenty of money. But I th- I think he just, re- he regrets it, how, how it just affected other people, how his actions really affected other people. I think that's what he regrets more than anything else. What do you think just overall as we quickly like went through that show? Like, what did you think of it? Like, it just doesn't sound, you know, primo stuff here. That's why WCW's killing you. Yeah, they, they lost their way. I mean, bro, they just they just lost their way. I mean, the, 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 this is the period uh, that we're going through at this time. They lost their way. They lost their identity. They lost their confidence. Uh, this is, man, you, you, you're really looking at some of the rock bottom times you know, before obviously there was the massive turnaround. 
All right, so let's hit the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com, patreon.com slash tmptempire as well. Vince, what do you got? Yeah, guys, just go to uh, russosbrand.com or channelattitude.com or patreon.com forward slash russo twc. There's a lot of programming for everybody. It just depends what you like. All right. Thank you, Vince, as always. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. See you then, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. <laughs>